Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We've come to the final episode in our series on the message to the Hebrews and also to us. It's really, how should we live in the light of the fact that Jesus is everything? It starts with let brotherly love continue, but there's so much more, and I know you'll be blessed as we apply the message that we've heard in the book of Hebrews to our lives today. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Good to see you again. What a great series this has been, hasn't it? And, and you could sum up the message to the Hebrews in one word. Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Jesus, which is why, by the way, we've got a special gift. Hold on to that, because I also want to welcome our remote members joining us, our team members. We've got Haiti joining us from South Carolina. Haiti, great to have you with us again. Shana from Maine. Shana, always good to see you. And Puya from Hawaii. Puya, it's great to see you again. Always happy to have our team members joining us remotely, expanding our Hope Sabbath School team. I told you I have a gift for you, right? Yes, because the book of Hebrews has all been about Jesus. We've been offering a free resource. Just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Right in the center of the screen, it says free gift. It's a button. Just click on that button. You can get either an audio book or a PDF on the life and the teachings of Jesus that will help you to learn so much more about Jesus. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about. It's all about Him. So don't forget to get your free gift. Go to hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift button. We're always happy to hear from you, Hope Sabbath School members around the world. I was so excited to get this email from Teresa in Michigan, here in the United States of America. Teresa writes and says, last year at the beginning of the pandemic, I said to my husband, we need to get on our knees and pray. Amen. 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 I started reading the entire Bible, and at that time I turned on the television and I found Hope Channel. Amen. The program that was on, they were talking about the very thing I'd been reading in my Bible. Amen. So I kept on watching, and eventually I found Hope Sabbath School. Amen. Amen. I knew I needed to find a church that honored the Bible Sabbath, but I wasn't sure who was open during the pandemic. I would drive by the local Seventh-day Adventist church every now and then, but the gates were closed. Mm -hmm. Then one day, late in October, I went out to do a good deed somewhere, couldn't find anyone to help. I stopped at the Salvation Army parking lot and prayed, God, please show me where to go. Then as I was leaving the lot, I thought, I'm going to go by the Adventist church again. And praise God, the gates were open. <laughs> the cleaning lady was there. I gave her my name and my phone number. The pastor called, and after a lot of Bible studies, visits, and prayers, I chose to be baptized. Amen. Thank God for Hope Channel Amen. and all you do. Well, I just want to say, Teresa, for writing to us, I, I see a lot of smiles out there from our remotes as well as in the studio. Mm -hmm. If we just did the program today for one person like Teresa, yes. wouldn't that bring us eternal joy? Yes. Eternal joy. Thanks, Teresa, for writing to us. Tawanda writes all the way from Zimbabwe and says, May the grace of God be with you all. I'm enjoying watching Hope Sabbath School discussions weekly on the YouTube channel. I also share 
with my team at work during lunch times. <laughs> That's a missionary. May you continue to share the love of God to all of us. Thank you. Tawanda, thanks for writing from Zimbabwe. Isn't that beautiful? Sharing at lunchtime uh, with others so they can learn. Oh, I have a handwritten note. We get these every once in a while. This is from a donor couple in New York State. You know, there's a New York, the big city, but there's also the state of New York in the United States. That's for some who may not be sure. This couple writes and says, We are watching Hope Sabbath School for about seven years now. Your interactive program has been such a blessing, and we look forward weekly to sharing the Word of God and the strength we've gained over the years. Here is a small donation toward spreading the Word of God. I hope many will be blessed. And a gift of $1,000 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. You say, Pastor Derek, that's not a small gift. That could make a real difference. And I want to just say thank you to the donor couple from New York State. Thank you for being part of the miracle. But thanks to each one of you. This is a donor-supported ministry. You go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. You can click on that donate button. And we all smile. Why? Because we're all part of the miracle. An impact movement, sharing the goodness of God as we prepare for the soon coming of Jesus. So thank you to the couple in New York State. Jose writes from Angola. Now in Angola, Sabina, they speak the same language, don't they? They speak they Portuguese. Do. They do speak Portuguese. And Jose, you can see from his note that English is not his first language. But he says, hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. My name's Jose. I'm from Angola. I've been watching this program Every Friday evening, it helps me too much to get closer to God. <laughs> Thank you. Keep being like that. Amen. And I say, hallelujah, right? Amen. Jose, thanks for writing to us. It's beautiful. I know that uh, this is your second language, but God is giving you the gift of understanding as we're sharing the Word of God together. One last note from Julie in Madagascar, that great island off the southeast coast of the continent of Africa. Warm greetings from Madagascar, Hope Sabbath School team. Julie writes, I'm glad to write to you. I'm following Hope Sabbath School every week, and I want to thank the team for this ministry. You're really helping me to understand the Bible better, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. It's a wonderful time studying the Bible with you all. Thank you, and God bless you. And Julie, we say God bless you too. Amen. And be a shining light for Jesus there in the beautiful island country of Madagascar. Right now, we need your help to sing. It's been a theme song for this whole series from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Let's sing together. Bless the Lord, my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits who for 
forgives all your iniquities, bless his holy name. Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you now as we study, really, how should we live in the light of the precious truths about Jesus that have been revealed in the message to the Hebrews? I pray the Holy Spirit would guide us and that we would not only learn, but live what we learn, not to earn your favor, certainly not to try to earn salvation, but because we are your redeemed children, who want to live a life of praise to you and service and blessing to those around us. God, as I pray in our study today by the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're starting in Hebrews chapter 13, and you know you just say, well, it's just like the little postscript at the end of this amazing letter about Jesus, but it's got a lot of practical counsel. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start, I'm going to ask Puya, if you'd read for us just the first verse of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1, why would the author to the Hebrews make this important application? Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Hebrews 13 verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Who does that relate to? Well, you say, I guess, directly to the... Hebrews, Hebrews who are getting the letter, right? Mm -hmm. Why would uh, the author, and we started at the very beginning saying that uh, I think the King James has the, the Apostle Paul to the Hebrews, but mm -hmm. other early manuscripts just say to the Hebrews. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's inspired. Many Christians have believed through the ages, written under inspiration by the Apostle Paul. 
Why would, why would he say, coming to the end, having lifted up Jesus in all of his power to save, talk about the journey to Mount Zion, right? Why would he just say, let brotherly love continue? What do you think, Sabina? Pastor Derek, I remember uh, that Paul Hayes is speaking to a group of people that they are going through sufferings, right? And that his point in pointing them to Jesus is to help them to have hope to look forward to that future with Jesus and to give him credit for everything that, you know, the love that he has poured upon them. So I believe that at this point, what he is trying to tell them is in face of all these adversities, with this hope in Jesus, just make sure that you treat each other with love Mm. because this is going to help you continue even when you're going through tribulations and difficulties and persecution and being sent to prison. If you can make sure your families and your friends and your congregation are well and united in love, then you will succeed. So let's bring it all the way down to us. And Shane, I'll come to your point. Let's bring it all the way down to us. Why might we need the reminder if we're facing all kinds of challenges in our lives (laughs) to let brotherly love continue? Mm -hmm. Shana? Uh, well, we can get so caught up in our individual struggles that we forget to love one another as Jesus loved us and with the love that we received from him. I'm also thinking of the reason why Paul may have specifically said, let brotherly love continue was because the Hebrews as a nation, their culture had been to be sort of reserved when relating to other nations, thinking of even their relations to the Samaritans. Um, and at this point in in their in the Christian history, the Gentiles were also receiving the message of Jesus. And so the the gates were basically open for everyone to receive it. And so Paul was admonishing the Hebrews now to just let that brotherly love continue. It does not matter if this person is a Hebrew, just love them as as another human being that God created and and has provided salvation for. Mm -hmm. So I think Chena makes a really important point. Well, two points, really. One point is uh, we can become so caught up in all the things we're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't Jesus say that loving one another was the sign Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we're his true disciples? Mm -hmm. So we could get so busy with that. Oh, by the way, I think it was supposed to be loving one another, right? (laughs) But but the other important point, Shana, that I heard you saying, which I think is really crucial, is it goes beyond the Hebrew circle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. In fact, (laughs) it doesn't place any limit, does it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should love one another. Gladys? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like Shana said, that sometimes when we're going through tribulation and trials, we focus on ourselves. And sometimes we focus so much also on heaven, on the hope that we forget what is around it. Like a song that says, you know, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, that you should be able to also look around you and love those that are around you. Not only think about you and your salvation and going to heaven, you know. So So if we started with one practical admonition, Remember, it's not detached from the letter. So what would the preface to saying, let brotherly love continue? Because what would the first part of the sentence be in the light of the book of Hebrews? Jason, want to take, a, take mm-hmm. a, an attempt at what, what that sentence might be? Because, because Jesus has saved you. 
Okay, because Jesus has saved you and loves you with an everlasting, everlasting love, okay. Keep let brotherly love continue, continue. right, yes. Daisy? Mm -hmm. And also, I think we've all been adopted into one big family. So we are brothers and sisters, but Jesus being our elder brother. So we have to love one another. I think one of the problems we're facing, especially in churches, is there's so many cliques. It's like that family over there or that group over there or that group. Mm. But sometimes people come in and it's like they don't fit in. But we need to break down those barriers and mm. those boundaries mm. that we have put around certain groups of people and love each other because we're one. We're part of the same family. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking we could spend the whole hour talking about this. I could have you share where you went to a community of faith and didn't experience brotherly love <laughs> or where you went and you did, and you went, hallelujah, that's not always the case. But I think what we have to, I hear us saying is, back to the sentence, because mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. saved us yes. and loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love, mm -hmm. that's love. Yes. Mm -hmm. God's love's poured into our hearts, not for us to try to hoard it, yeah. mm. but to love one another with His love, right? Amen. If it would just stop there, but it goes on because there's a whole section here. So let's go on to verse 2 now. Jason, if you could read verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 13. New King James Version says, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Hmm. Now, remember the author's writing to Hebrew Christians, right? Mm -hmm. So immediately they would probably think of a story, Jonathan, is that right? Mm -hmm. If they knew the Hebrew scriptures, they would probably think of which story? Well, they, uh, Abraham was sitting in his tent, um, <laughs> sitting there, and uh, three people came walking up to him, and it actually says when the Lord visited him, and, so uh, this one of those three may have actually been the Lord Himself. Yeah, Christ, the Lord, some, 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 something like that. And, and two, and two accompanying angels. Something, yeah. And so he um, immediately works, gets busy, and does all these different things, and gets uh, uh, fixes a, um, a a lamb or something like that, and bakes bread and does all basically all lunch. Yeah, right? <laughs> but but it took a little while. I mean, sure. a lot of work. And so they're sitting there patiently, and then God talks to him. So it was it was an interesting mm -hmm. story. So that would have been the story that would have come to mind. Yeah. So mm -hmm. here now, speaking to Hebrew Christians, Sabina said they're going through a lot of challenges. Yeah. Don't forget to love each other, mm -hmm. and don't forget to be hospitable to strangers. Mm -hmm. um, is it just because they might be angels? No. <laughs> or is it saying sometimes they might be angels? Why should we be hospitable to strangers? What is the theme that we hear throughout Scripture that would say that makes sense? Be hospitable. Haiti, not just to your loving family, but to strangers. Why would that be important? That's evidence of Christ in you, you know? That, that makes, it, makes you have a, become a living witness when we show love to others. Mm -hmm. Can you think of, the, in the Old Testament Scriptures, any, any commands about how to treat strangers, Pedro? Well, the, there's actually a commandment, uh, the fourth commandment talks about uh, caring for the strangers that are within your house to give them the, also the Sabbath rest. Right. Uh, we, God reminds them, you are strangers and foreign land, yeah. and mm -hmm. treat others as you like to treat you. And I think this is the two points, you know, treating others as you treat you, but also reminded that the way that you were treated by God, 
through his immersed love when we are strangers to him because mm. of sin. Mm. So is it possible, Daisy, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make this loaded, like a loaded question, because we don't do that in an interactive class, right? So is it possible that there could actually be angels walking around here in the 21st century in our country? We have, you know, more than 200 countries represented here. There might actually be angels walking around. Is that, that seems... To use one of my favorite words, that sounds radical. <laughs> there might be angels walking around. Absolutely, I believe that because angels are messengers and God has messengers coming down to earth to, to carry out His, His work. Mm -hmm. And we might, if we're lucky enough, we might get in touch with them and they might need us to help accomplish a task. And you don't want to be that one that hinders God's mm. plan but you want to support it and mm -hmm. do what you can to fulfill it. So mm -hmm. it's not just because you think you're going to entertain the angel. It's just be good. Uh, loving one another includes the stranger. So mm -hmm. we're all part of a family. Maybe that person that you're talking to is also a, fa a family member of God. So they need mm -hmm. um, our love and attention. All right. So it's just kind of my mind's like, woo. <laughs> Imagine it could be an angel, but but can I say this, even if it's just a regular stranger, yes. mm -hmm. still yeah. show kindness to them. Sabine? Yeah, and even more in this case, for instance, they probably were afraid of strangers, right? Maybe because they were waiting. of some of the persecution. Exactly, yes. Yeah. If someone would knock their door, maybe they would not be willing to get in touch with that person mm -hmm. or to let them in or to be hospitable. Maybe the sufferings they were going through were making them looking just inward and still, uh, Paul is here giving them a message of hope to see even if you're feeling afraid of these people, there might be hope, the hope that you are in the safe ground that is unshakable, mm -hmm. that you also want to extend that love to people that may knock your door, just like Paul had been once a persecutor. Maybe someone you're going to reach out with this love will come to our side. So I can think of that also. Sure. Puya, you've lived in many parts of the world, so you've, you've seen a lot of strangers and you've been a stranger in, in a lot of places too. Uh, what does this word uh, in Hebrews 13, verse 2, say to you? Uh, yes, personally, I've been a foreigner in uh, a number of countries, and I think uh, it is uh, very practical uh, to be kind to foreigners and strangers and people that don't have the best circumstances here. And, I mean, if we look at the Old Testament, that was one of the commands from God, right, that you were once slaves in Egypt. You were once strangers in someone else's land. So now be kind to, you know, be kind to strangers. And I think it's very practical for us, especially today in the 21st century where the world is filled with, um, you know, canceling one another. Uh, people like to call it, we live in a cancel culture where if I disagree with you, if I have a difference, uh, a different point of view from your view, then, you know, I cancel you. That's how the world is treating one another. Mm. And even in the church, I see that this is creeping in when we have differences of opinion on wow. some issues that may not be clearly related to the scripture. I think even in the church, it's very easy to cancel one another and just, you know, not love one another. And I think this is where this counsel becomes very practical. Even if you don't see eye to eye on every issue, love one another anyway. There is room for differences of opinion. Mm. Maybe if you um, 
are hospitable to one another, you'll learn more about each other mm. yeah. and you'll come to love each other even more. We could spend a lot of time there, but uh, this is only verse 2. Verse 3, Jonathan, if you could read it, it's almost like, let me share some practical ways that because Jesus has saved you, as Jason said, and loves you with an immeasurable and unfailing love, how, how then shall we live? Well, let's love one another. Let's be hospitable to everyone, including strangers. What about verse 3? All right, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Verse 3 says, Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are also in the body. Mm. Why was that relevant for them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. Why was that a relevant message? Back to something Sabina said earlier, great, Gladys? I think it, it creates that sympathy, because just like Sabina was saying, they were going through suffering, so it's like the same thing that we have been saying, don't have that isolated mentality that you are the only one going through this. Okay. Just reach it's, out to those. It's also possible, isn't it, you get out of prison like, I don't want to think about that anymore, I'm just going to shut that down. Yeah. But actually, if I keep that in mind, not to have power over me, but to have mm -hmm. compassion yes. to others who may be going through a similar situation. Mm -hmm. Pedro? Now look into this in a, in a different way, uh, because uh, I've been min I have been visiting uh, church ministry of, in, in prison and ministered to mm -hmm. prisoners that congregate as a church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, was, I had the privilege to go to the prison and, and meet the church there. And you look at each man, he says, how they ended up here. Because they have been transformed by the love of God. You see a different person, but you see the blessing that God can bring in their lives. And, and that reminds me uh, of Philemon, how Paul gives that counsel to Philemon and says, I have a child now in prison and I want you to care for, for this child because he had accepted Jesus. Every person desires a second chance in Christ. And we as Christians should be loving and caring for one another. This sounds really practical, doesn't it? Uh, it's going to get even more personal in verse 4, Daisy, mm. if you could read that for us. The New Living Translation says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. So how relevant, well you say that must have been relevant back then because the Holy Spirit inspired the author to write it, right? Mm -hmm. How relevant is that practical counsel? Again, Jason, let's put that first part of the sentence so we're not just giving a list of do's and don'ts unrelated to Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus has saved you mm -hmm. and loves you yes. with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Mm -hmm. Remember that your sexual conduct matters, mm. Mm. right? Yeah. How relevant is that for today, Shana? <laughs> is that like, is that like um, present truth? Absolutely, it's, it's even, I'd say maybe more relevant today than it was back then. I don't know what the culture was back then, but definitely today it's so applicable mm -hmm. that so we, we honor the marriages because Jesus loved us. And it sounds like if it's written first to believers, mm -hmm. that means, <laughs> several of you here are married, right? That means 
that those who don't know Jesus, oh my, I got to say this carefully, <laughs> but those who don't know Jesus ought to expect something of you as a witness mm -hmm. about how you act in, in your conduct, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but everybody's doing it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work mm -hmm. because Jesus saved you and loves you with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Jason, how relevant do you see this for today? So in our culture today, sometimes there's this idea that, oh, sexual relations are private. That's your business. It doesn't affect anyone else. But what it's saying here is actually, no, uh, marriage, sexual relations, that actually is part of brotherly love. It's how you relate to people. If someone like myself is married, it's how you treat your spouse and how you're faithful. If you're unmarried, it's how you relate in your, your conduct to other people. So it has practical effects to all those around you, not just yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Daisy. We live in a world where they promote this notion of do what makes you happy, do, mm. do what satisfies you. Mm. But then in our study, as we are learning, I like the intro you brought in. It says, because Jesus did this, you know, sacrifice his life for you. He saved you and he loves you. Do give return, you know, he's sacrificed so much for you. So give your best to him. Mm -hmm. And our body is the temple. I think that verse, I don't know if we can go ahead and read it. I think yeah, it explains the point. Yeah, would you do that for us? Sure. Um, hmm. You're thinking of first Corinthians chapter six? Correct. Verses 18 through 20. Uh, because b before your body is the temple, it talks about sexual conduct too, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Right. It sounds like this is a message that needs to be heard today as, as well as back then in the first century. Right. Would you read that for us, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20? Sure. So the, the New Living Translation says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and, and was given to you by God, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Now, I don't know, when I first heard that text growing up about your body is the temple, I had no idea it was talking about sexual conduct. Mm. I thought it was talking about not putting alcohol or drugs, or, and I think it applies to that too, doesn't it? Yeah. But in this context, and of course, Corinth was famous mm. for its sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. It's saying God wants you to act differently from your culture, oh, right? Yes. Yeah. Flee, mm -hmm. flee, like run for your life, yeah. mm. flee. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get really practical because I, I, I know marriages that have broken up because this, one of the spouses was addicted to pornography. And people say, it's private, Jason. But the text says you're sinning against your body. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to someone who comes and says, I hear what you're saying, but, but I'm just really stuck in, in this sexual addiction? Well, and, and it could, we could list specifics, which we won't in this program. Mm -hmm but I'm just stuck in this sexual addiction. And there are many in our culture today, mm -hmm. right? 
So what, what would you say? Let's start with you, Gladys. I think that the first thing is point them to Jesus. But besides that, yeah. What was the first part of the <laughs> sentence, by the way? Of what God has done for you. And, and then as a response, seek some help. Hmm. So because Jesus has saved you, mm -hmm. by the way, can saved people be tempted with yes. sexual temptation. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The or targets. any other temptation for that matter, right? Yeah. They're the yes. target. <laughs> What's that? They're the target because Satan Oh, they're the target, them. okay, yeah. as well as everyone else. Yeah. Yes. Because Jesus has saved you and he loves you with an immeasurable and unfailing love, mm -hmm. yeah. let your sexual conduct honor God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? It's going to bless your relationships too. Yeah. Uh, what, anybody else, what would you say to a friend who says, I, I just feel, I feel trapped. And, and I don't know the way out. Daisy? The text that comes to mind, it says, with God, all things are possible. What seems impossible to you is possible with God. So just trust God with it. I believe prayer is able to break down any kind of, of um, addiction that you may have in your life where you feel so helpless. <laughs> I believe in the power of prayer. Mm. I'll put it that way. Now, I don't want to ask <laughs> anyone here who's trapped in a sexual addiction because that's very personal, right? But I want to share a story of a young man who came to me mm. who was married and his wife died. He was still very a young man, probably the age of, of, of you here, young man. And his wife died prematurely. So he'd been sexually active in a loving, committed Christian marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he's alone. Now, it's interesting, Daisy, you talked about target, because you know the enemy's going to target that young man, right? Yeah. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not going to say, well, I'm so sorry about what's happened to you, mm. right? Mm. This young man came to my office and said, I'm really struggling with an addiction here. Mm. And I said, let me give you three options. <laughs> now, I know I'm not Jesus, so I'm going to let the Holy Spirit impress him. Mm. But I said, here are the three options. One, get a filter for your computer. Mm. Number two, get a filter and give someone else the password because you keep disabling the password so you can go to the wrong place. Mm. Number three, disconnect from the internet. Mm. You say, is there life disconnected <laughs> from the internet? <laughs> I prayed with this young man, he left. Six months later, he came back, he was looking happy. <laughs> he met a wonderful Christian girl who was not praying for a companion addicted to pornography. Mm. Right? Mm. Yes. He met this wonderful Christian girl, and I said, what did you do? Anybody want to guess? He disconnected. <laughs> if your hand causes you to offend, cut it off. Your eye, now that's not literal, I know that. <laughs> yeah. It's just saying, yes. don't let anything get in the way of God's ideal, right? Yes. Yeah. Whew, this is so practical, <laughs> but we've got to go on, and I'm going to ask Haiti, if you read verse 5, you say, Derek, this is... This is, we have a, an expression, it's a slang expression, heavy duty. Have you heard that expression? <laughs> yes. This, but this is talking about since Jesus has saved us mm -hmm. and loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love, how should we live? Mm -hmm. yeah. Brotherly love, yes. hospitable yeah. to everyone, including the strangers. Keeping ourselves. Mm -hmm. Keeping ourselves or, from, from Remembering life. prisoners. Yeah. And, and, and then... Careful about our sexual conduct. Let's take a look now, Haiti, at verse 5, if you would. Yes, and um, I just want to add um, that if the sin is not pornography alone, 
if the person is also struggling with premarital sex, um, to maybe pray with them and maybe try to help them or lead them to someone who can help them develop a plan so that they avoid that type of behavior in the future so that they aren't in a place mm. where something like that could happen between them and, and their, you know, their, the person they're dating. Great counsel, uh, but, Katie. Go ahead and read for us uh, uh, verse five. All right. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And by the way, that's quoted from where? Anybody have a chain reference? Yes, De Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31, right? 6. All right, from the, one of the books of Moses. Mm -hmm. So here's the question for you. You know what covetousness is, right? Anybody give me a definition? Shana, you've been a teacher. Can you give me a definition of covetousness? We don't use it very much today. Yeah, so it's the idea of looking at what other people have and wanting it so much that you do anything so that you can get what they have, what others have. So if that's a good definition of covetousness, what's the relationship with between being without it and remembering that God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. How do those two things relate? Can someone help me with that, Jonathan? Yeah, I, just along those lines, I, I kind of tie that into the previous verse as well, just on the, on the how do we deal with when we are struggling with desire. Okay. Sexual, that, that, that promise, this promise applies as well. Okay. That, I mean, yeah, God will never leave us nor forsake us. I mean, we may be unmarried and like, okay, well, how am I going to find the right spouse? Or maybe we're dealing with marriage and there's like, there's desires that we're, we're having. God ne promises to never leave nor forsake in that area of our life as well. Mm -hmm. So we can learn to be content where we are because yeah. he's with us, right? Yeah. Because he's with us. Now, I didn't have this, but Haiti, I want you to go back, give us a chance to find the text and read the next verse too. Because back to what Jonathan said, so Hebrews 13, verse 6. Back to what you said, Jonathan, um, I could be tempted to be afraid. Um, mm -hmm. How am I going to handle all of this without my needs being met? You know, mm -hmm. uh, whatever those needs might be. The temptation to satisfy even good needs in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, would you read verse 6 for us, Haiti, Hebrews 13 and verse 6? Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which means, where am I looking? Mm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to the one, yes. Jesus, who saved me mm -hmm. and loves me with an immeasurable, unfailing love. Yeah. And when my friend says, well, you're a loser because you're missing out on all of this, mm -hmm. so don't be content, you can say, no, the Lord is with me. Be afraid. What do I need to fear? What can man do to me? Yes. yes. This is so practical, but we have to go on, Puya. I'm going to have you make your comment and then read for us, okay? I want you to read the next verse, verse 7 of chapter 13, after your comment. Sure. Um, I, I just want to make a comment here also that, you know, all kinds of addictions to sin at its core 
is brokenness. You know, it's it's brokenness, a disconnection from God. And healing and transformation can only take place in the context or in the framework of grace. Mm. So if, if there's anyone who's struggling with, you know, any kind of addiction that we've been talking about here, uh, I believe it's very important to first come to that place of understanding that God still loves you and He doesn't condemn you, but wants you to move towards healing and transformation through His grace. And so when, when once, per, once understand that, you know, in, in the love of Christ, there's room for healing, uh, mm-hmm. then, then transformation can begin. It's not, the answer is not found in trying harder on your own. Mm-hmm. The answer is found in surrendering Amen. to Jesus. Thank you, Puya. And uh, yeah, that, that ties in, doesn't it? When you're struggling, just remember Jesus saying to you, mm-hmm. I have redeemed you. Mm-hmm. And I love you with an immeasurable and unfailing love. And I will never leave, leave you, you nor forsake you. I mean, that's empowering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, that really is. Okay, Puya, yes. verse 7, if you could read on this power-packed uh, chapter of how we should live in the light of the fact that Jesus has redeemed us and loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Hmm. What does that mean, do you think? In what way should we remember? Could I call those our spiritual leaders, Mm -hmm. our fathers and mothers, so to speak, in the faith who've encouraged us, right? They've been an example to us and teachers to us. In what way should we remember them? There's several answers to that question. Who'd like to start? In what ways, Gladys? I like uh, the the New International Version. It says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So one way we could remember them or keep them in memory is to? Is that to observe how they they, they overcame and imitate their faith. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let's say that uh, Pastor Jones or or Teacher Johnson was an important influence in your life. Remember how she lived, remember how he lived uh, as a helpful example to you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. For example, maybe, maybe Pastor Johnson would say, I never visit someone of the opposite gender alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take someone with me. And you say, that, that sounds like wise counsel in, in the light of verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 13, right? All right. What other way might we remember them? Anyone uh, besides what Gladys has shared that is remembering their example, which could be helpful for us? Anyone else? Yes, Jason? Well, we could remember their teaching or the information that they have shared with us, especially the godly wisdom. Because it does say they've spoken the word of God to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe just as important as remembering them, so to speak, or even remembering how they lived, is to remember the Word of God that they taught to you. Maybe there's another way too though. Um, maybe I could take us to a text. It's not, in the, it's not in the outline, but it's in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Uh, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. Jason, maybe you could read that. Let me just give us a moment to find it. 
Um, Paul has said in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, pray in the Spirit mm -hmm. with all kinds of prayers for all the saints. And then the verb is supplied, at least in my Bible. It starts by, and also for me. But it's actually, and pray also for me. Uh, would you read Ephesians 6, 19 and 20? How does this relate to remembering our spiritual leaders? I have the New King James Version here. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Mm -hmm. So we can remember their example, we can remember their teaching, teaching, and we can also pray for them. Pray for them. <laughs> you say the Apostle Paul, I mean, this man wrote half of the New Testament. Uh, Shana, he's like this powerful man of God. Uh, really? Does, does this leader need people praying for him? What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And especially because he's in such a role, role where he travels around everywhere and he is a leader among the group of, of the disciples who are ministering all over the world for, for Christ. He needs the prayers now more than ever because the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and especially those who have devoted their lives to the cause of Christ, as the Apostle Paul did. Mm. Thank you so much, Shana. While, while Shana was sharing, I, I, I could hear Daisy's word in my ear, target, target. So because Jesus loves us, he saved us, and he loves us with immeasurable, unfailing love, we should remember our spiritual leaders, their example, their teaching, and to pray for them. Mm -hmm. that God would keep them, right, by the power of His name. Mm -hmm. So, what if then, and Daisy, let me pause and take your point, but here's the question you can think about. What if I see a leader going off the path that it seems clearly God would want them to follow? What do I do then? Think about that after Daisy's comment. The point I wanted to add on <clears throat> was in regards to Jesus Christ. Even there was a point where he wanted his disciples to pray with him and they were still struggling. So at some point, even Jesus needed his disciples to pray with him. So if Jesus needed even the prayers of and mm. support of his disciples, how much more mm. us, you know, mm. when we take on this role of preaching the gospel, mm. we need the prayers of everyone because mm. It's challenging at some points, and there are certain difficult tasks ahead that the prayers are of uh, big support to, to, to these leaders. Daisy, I prayed for you this morning. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. But I didn't just pray for you. I prayed for Jonathan and Gladys. <laughs> Why? Because when God calls us to do a work for him, Pedro, uh, we need the prayers of God's people, right? Mm -hmm. I think remembering them is then again, not only their godly example and their teaching, but to remember to pray for them, mm -hmm. uh, that God would bless them and protect them. Well, mm -hmm. let's go to the question, and I'm going to ask Puya to start this response, because Puya, you're now working as a pastor, and then I'm going to ask Pedro to add to that, if you would, because these are both young men. Now you're working as spiritual leaders, as pastors, what, what is the appropriate course of action, Puya? We've got to remember our leaders, but what if we see a leader heading off in the wrong direction? 
What should we do? Uh, this is a very practical question. I believe that we all um, face in our churches, right? And uh, the first step, I believe, of course, as we have mentioned, is to pray for the, those leaders that we want to talk to. And uh, second, uh, following Jesus' principle from Matthew 18, mm -hmm. um, instead of you know talking behind their back, mm -hmm. the the most practical step Jesus encourages us to do is to go talk to them directly without spreading rumors or talking behind their back. Let's talk to the, the leaders themselves one-on-one -on -one and pray with them. And if they don't want to listen, according to Jesus, then we could, you know, bring someone else along as a witness and try to encourage the person. And and then the last would be the community. But uh, I believe it's very important to first talk to the person one on one as a brother to brother or sister to sister in Christ. Pedro, would you read John First John five sixteen and seventeen, and then give you a chance to to add to what you heard uh, Puya saying. Uh, I think it is practical because we've all in our lifetime seen leaders walk off of the path that God had for them and it, it can hurt a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. So again, because Jesus has redeemed us and loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love, um, we, we want to remember our leaders. Mm -hmm. How does it read in 1 John 5, 16 and 17, Pedro. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, First John uh, 5, 15 to 17, And if we know that He hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. If anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, uh, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death, and I do, I do not say that they should pray about that. All righteousness in sin, and there is sin leading, uh, the, sorry, all righteousness is sin, or unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. So that kind of ties in what Puya said, really. Uh, who do we talk to first? The person. The person. No. Mm. Oh, God. God. The God. God. Who, who do we talk to first? God. 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 We talk to God first. That's right. Um, because if we talk to the person before we talk to God, mm. Sabina. You are dishonoring God in first place. With dishonoring God, we are, Jonathan? I mean, it's very easy for us to be haughty of our own opinion and whatever. Mm -hmm. So. We might make a mess of things, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. We might be too judge. We might be judgmental. Yeah. We might be an enabler by saying, "Well, I know it doesn't really matter that you're flirting mm -hmm. with that man's wife." No, no. <laughs> Talk to oh, God yeah. first. Mm. Yes. And then, and you you were referring Puya to Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, then follow the process, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to the person. If not, take someone with you. Mm -hmm. Is that to gang up on them? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. It's because in a multitude of counselors, there's right. safety. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if not, trust the community. And by the way, there's something there. If they don't listen, let them be like a pagan. That doesn't mean <laughs> hate them. It means pray for them as earnestly 
as you pray for other unsaved people. Mm. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. Because Jesus has redeemed us yes. and because He loves, loves, us. loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Well, there's one more important issue, Sabina, and that is strange doctrine. Mm -hmm. That relates somewhat uh, because a leader may go off the path because of moral conduct mm -hmm. or because of an addiction of some kind, but may also go off with the path of truth, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see uh, mm -hmm. what the author to the Hebrews says in Hebrews 13 and verse 9. Okay, verse 9, right? I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, chapter 13, verse 9. In Hebrews it says, So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food which don't help those who follow them. So what do you think uh, one of the strange, just from reading into the text now, contextually, what do you think one of the strange doctrines might have been going around there that, uh, that he's saying, don't, don't, don't be led astray by that? Did you pick up anything? Mm -hmm. What did you hear? Uh, yes, Sabina? Pastor Derek, it looks like there was someone that was teaching something strange about food. Mm -hmm. So and, Yeah, we don't know what it was, right? Yes. Maybe it was... Well, I know Jesus saves, but you've also got to eat this food if you want to be saved. And you're right. like, what? Mm -hmm. Where did yeah. that come from? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, adding anything to the gospel as yeah. the way of salvation. Now, mm -hmm. is it true if we're redeemed by Jesus mm -hmm. and he loves us with an immeasurable, unfailing love, we want to take care of our bodies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to spend a lot of time back on what might have been happening then. Yeah. What are some strange teachings that are going around today, either inside the church or outside the church, that we need to beware of. Mm. Haiti, can you think of any strange idea that's going on? Uh, and by the way, we're not judging and we're not calling names. Shana's got a hand raised too. And so has Daisy. There's a lot of strange things going on, right? What, uh, what is a strange teaching or doctrine you're hearing today? Haiti? So the world right now is teaching a lot about um, homosexuality, the idea that people of the same gender can, can be in a romantic relationship. And unfortunately, some churches are starting to accept that and say that's okay also. And while Jesus loves all of us, no matter our sins, he, he does not agree with that. So you've got uh, some cultural standards, again, back to sexual conduct. Uh, what other strange teachings? Shana, you had your hand raised. Yes, so there are many people who believe that since Jesus died and redeemed me and saved me from sin, that means I'm free to do whatever I want because he already saved me, and so there's nothing I need to do. And so um, that that portal or, or gate of forgiveness is always open. He'll forgive me for everything. And so I don't necessarily need to live according to the Bible because when he died, he annulled all of the laws. Hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend the time on all these false <laughs> teachings, by the way, but there's a lot of them going around and the Bible clearly teaches that if we love Jesus, who loved us and redeemed us, mm -hmm. we're going to follow his commandments. So yes. there's a lot in the Bible, but certainly that's a teaching going around. Daisy? 
there was the verse I was going to quickly go to. I know we're out of time, but it's in First Timothy chapter uh, 4, verse 1 and 1 to 3. And it was a warning that he was given out uh, to the people to beware of false teachers that are going to tell you it's wrong to eat certain foods or it's, it's, it's wrong to get married. So we have to be careful that these, yes, there may be some good things about it, but that is not the way to salvation. The way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. So if somebody's teaching you that if you eat, if you stop eating this food, then you go to heaven, or if you don't marry, then you go to heaven. Those are false, misleading lies. I mean, they're truly lies that we have to be careful of. So let's not allow those things to turn us away from Christ because the focus is Christ. So in the few seconds we have left, thank you for that key, uh, key point there. Mm -hmm. What's the safeguard against uh, falling into false doctrine? Jesus. What is the safeguard? Shout it out. Jesus. 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 The Bible. The Bible. Word of God. The Word of God. It's the Bible. That's the Word of God. Through Jesus, who redeemed us and loves us with an immeasurable, unfailing love, and said, I will send you another comforter. He's the one who's going to guide you into all truth. And by the way, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that apart from the Bible. Mm -hmm. He will bring to your remembrance the things I've said to you. But we're going to live differently because we've been redeemed and we're loved with the immeasurable and unfailing love of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this series. If you missed anything on this series, The Message to the Hebrews, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Watch the whole series. It's all about Jesus. And now we want to say, let's live for Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide you to bring honor to His name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Thank you for all that you've done for our salvation, for your immeasurable and unfailing love. May we live to honor you and bless the lives of those around us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a series. And I just want to invite you again today. If you've not ever said, Jesus, would you be my Savior? If you've never said, I'm going to walk to Mount Zion and accept what Jesus has done for me, do it today while you have time. And then with the joy of salvation in your heart, go out and be a blessing to those around you.